Welcome to the Going Deeper section of 31 Days of Worldview Wisdom, a Disciple Nations Alliance podcast with Arturo Cuba. In this second episode, he talks further about how to disciple others in the biblical worldview. And then our experience training people in Guatemala, the first people we, I, we had to train was the staff in Guatemala. And that was hard. They have a very low level of education. So we didn't share Daryl's ideas, transforming story and all that, because it was not easy for them to grasp. On the other hand, they needed something practical for their work with the people in the communities. So we needed to make a bridge. We had a lot of frustrations. We knew that talking about biblical worldview was not the, the best idea because maybe some people can know about it. They won't, definitely. And Daryl made this Bible study based on biblical principles. That he, called, he called it the development ethic. It's, it's a very nice Bible study. And I think it's the blueprint for his book. And I saw the Bible study, and every Friday afternoon we had a time with the staff to talk about many administrative things and at the same time to have a time to read the Bible and to stay together and to share about these things. And we used it for the Bible study. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was incredible, this idea of using principles and confronting people, for instance, what they liked most was the idea of principle that Darrow has. It says, work is sacred, in the sense that work is something that God gave us to very faithfully do it unto Him. So work has this character. It's sacred. It's something that you have to do it very, let's say, religiously, if that's necessary to say. So you have to be on time and you don't need the boss to watch over you. That You do everything you have to do because you are in front of the Lord, His eyes. And we, Latin American background, work in, in Latin America is a curse. <laughs> it's, it's not sacred. It's, it's exactly the opposite. And the best ideal is I will have enough money to not work. So not working is, is my dream. Even for believers, you know, even for believers, work is not in the, in the faith area. So believers are really bad at work, really, really bad. I remember a story in my church. One of the members of the church, he got a nice position in the Coca-Cola company in Bolivia. And he was in charge of selling in a whole area of the, of the city. And he had all kind of resources, trucks, and he was in charge of everything. So he needed a lot of people to help him. People in the administration and accounting and, and driving and doing all those things. So who wants a job? Everybody wants a job. And he said... Well, I need a whole group of people, so where can I get the best people for my job? You know, you immediately think at the church. That's kind of a logical thing. But it was a big mistake 
because this is uh, something interesting. I'm not criticizing, but this just to be realistic. Having people to think that work is sacred and to live it requires a lot of discipleship. When the Apostle Paul says the one who used to be a thief should not do that anymore, he has to work, he has to sustain his family, he has to produce enough to give others. You are talking about one side of the universe and going to the other side of the universe. So people don't, they don't become good workers just because they accepted Jesus. That's a big mistake. That's one of the things that, you know, talking about biblical worldview is very important. So he got a whole group of people who accepted the job. And in the time of one and two years, just two people, one or two, remained in the job. And they all were fired for bad things for bad things that we won't mention, but it, it gives you an example. So, because uh, something interesting happened. They are believers, but they have a worldview that is not biblical. And that worldview is still powerful. So, if they grew up in a society that taught them that work is a curse, that will produce consequences no matter what kind of faith they have if they didn't deal with that. And that was one of the inconsistencies that I saw at the church, and I said, what's going on? And I remember that talking to my wife as a couple, we used to talk about nice people and some other who are problems, you know? But in all cases, we used to say, but he came that way to the church. It's not that the church changed the person. It was his family or her family that made wonderful things in this kid. The faith in Jesus is added to that discipline or those values who come from the Lord. And on the other hand, you had the same way, people who were very problematic, and no matter how much they believe in Jesus, they were just making a mess everywhere. And the church does very little to change people's worldview, but they need to work on that. Otherwise, they will fail in their faith as I saw with my friends through the years. Uh, talking about biblical worldview, you need to understand that you have to be all, always confronted by something with your family, with your personal life. Always. There, there's always a principle that is pushing you to change. Another thing that I've seen is that working in rural communities, principles are very important for people and helping them how to get them in, into their lives. It may be a kind of artistic thing, but you, you have to find a way to do it. But there are some cases where they have the opposite principle. For instance, how they treat women. Machismo is a very uh, common thing in Latin America. And because they have that paradigm, that worldview, they don't notice. If you're practicing machism, it is logical to say that you don't notice that. You just live it out as a natural part of life. A paradigm is something that can help you to see things, but at the same time it's something that just veil your mind and you never think about that. When we work with people, whether it is at the church or whether it is in a community, we have to understand that biblical principles are very important because 
they sometimes need just a simple principle and that will change their lives forever. They may have a, an opposite principle, like for instance, machismo. Women have less value. Okay, you have to, to deal with that. But sometimes there is a biblical principle that is very important and does not exist in their culture. And if you are able to introduce it, they, it, it may change their life forever. I, I believe that sometimes we are going through the longest road. Even as a, an evangelistic tool, this thing of principles are amazing. We are making evangelistic campaigns and asking people to do things, but if you teach them the Bible by principles, if you can understand them and use them, how can be applied in their lives, then trust me, you can do amazing things with people. They will change amazingly. Discipleship is not a Bible class. That is, okay, we are going to fix this part of your life. How do you work? Okay, let's change it, you know? And once he changed his mind, he sees things through different lenses and then move to the other side, and one by one. And all of a sudden, you have constructed a whole culture of Christianity. But that's what churches are not doing. Well, I want to sure that I'm very clear on this, is that we have always think in those terms when we think about the Christian life, that you make sure if in every paradigm of your life you are based on truth and biblical truth, or probably you are just following a paradigm that was already pre-existing in you and comes from the world. And that's the big mistake that most Christians make. They go to church, they are new believers, they are happy to be Christians, but they are still operating from wrong paradigms. And that is going to destroy their lives. They need to change them. And you need to work, uh, let's say manually, because this thing is not automatic. You need to work manually uh, one by one. You have to educate yourself and remove all paradigms. And I'm not going to say just learn, but you are going to integrate in your life. In Spanish, in the church, we say to make the Word of God your flesh. To incarnate God's Word, we probably grasp a little bit what it means to be able to live God's Word naturally, right? But it happens only if you do this. It's not if you just learn by heart some verses or you just behave well. It won't work that way. Well. There are a group of principles, but I found out that there are many more. Many more that you can see in the Bible, and you can use them as a principle. And to start that with a paradigm, and to find a creative uh, way to help people to change the way they were doing things and to integrate a new principle. That's what I call a discipleship process. A discipleship process is not just a form of intellectual learning. I guess that discipline and discipleship come from the same word. Now, discipline is, is something that you learn. And I use a lot uh, this example of people who go and are trained in the army. When you go to the army, many things will change in your life. Your discipline probably the way you do things in order and the way you obey and many things like that will change forever. So I have met people who 
come to the civil life after being some years in the military and they are completely different. I, I remember when I was in Guatemala and we were visiting uh, some villages and there were houses spread around in the hills and everywhere and we went to visit them and to see how were they doing and most of the time when you come to a house, the house is just a very poor house, uh, there is dirt everywhere, animals are walking around on the table, or people are not careful. There's poverty is expressed in very sad situations. But every once in a while, we were able to get to a house where everything was clean. There was a place where to wash your clothes, and it was very well constructed with the pipeline that takes the water away, and animals were in a cage or something like that. And it was not dark. They made an eye ceiling with light windows, and the floor was with concrete, and everything was clean. Once in a while, you were able to find a house like that, and you said, why is this house this way? if you compare the others. And in all cases, the answer was because the son, the oldest son of this family, went to the army. And when he came back, he changed everything. What happened? Because he probably was a common person like everyone in his community. But when he went to the army, they changed his paradigms about cleanliness, about order, about everything. They did it with discipline in such a way that he didn't notice, but there was a moment when he was already what he was taught. That was in his mind. It was installed. And he went home. He fought a war against his brothers, his mother, his father, and said, no, we are not going to live this way. This is not the way we should live. We have to live differently. We're going to make a concrete floor. He began to fight and he won. And the house changed. That's how Christianity should work. We should integrate paradigms in our lives in such a way that should not be quiet and peaceful while other people are doing the wrong things. We should be able to go and help them to change, to push against society, to fight against evil, to impose God's order, Jesus' kingship in every area of society because we leave them out. I mean, it is something that is in us. It's an impulse. It's, it's something that you cannot help. You cannot just close the window and say, okay, that's fine. Just leave them the way they are. That's natural. Why we are going to do this in our home differently? No, it's something that you can't stand. You have to go and to change things because they are based on God's truth and that's what God expects us to do. So a biblical worldview, if you can be educated through principles, they will change you, they will change your family, and then you will become instrumental to change society. That's the way it works. I don't necessarily know how to define a biblical principle, honestly, but the idea is that probably is more defined by the paradigm that you have in your own culture. I mean, if the Bible tells you something that is against your culture, then I guess you have a principle there. I mean, there's something that 
is going to help you to realize God's truth, but you only need to reflect on that to find a way to to make a lesson out of that. Honestly, it's not difficult. You can even use only one verse, you know, that's if that's the case. But what is important is that you can can be able to identify an area where you need to be challenged. So don't run away from challenges. I mean, that, that's the point, the idea. That's the good thing. It's, it's just the way you, you take it. How do I contextualize that material? How can I use it in my own culture? Well, the first thing you have to get to know it very well. Follow the, the Bible study very honestly. The development ethic program is a material that you have to contextualize according to the culture or your family or your personal issues because definitely we all have paradigms that are not according to God's truth. Look, what I want to tell you is this. A biblical worldview is something you don't have, but how you get it? You have to persuade your mind because you, you cannot trust your senses. You have to trust God's truth. You understand what, what I mean? Most of the time, we don't pay attention to God's truth because it's something irrelevant to me. No, 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 no. You are losing the point. You have to stop. And if, if God says, this is good, you have to then discover all the corners of that expression. What is good? And to start washing your brain with that, persuading your mind. Even if you have to deal with things that you mostly don't like. For instance, I don't know, cooking or, or whatever. Things that were unthinkable in a certain moment. But if you do it one and over, you have to persuade your mind. So we talk about creation is good. Everybody's happy. So what's the implication of this? So we have to deal with trash in a better way. Or how would you do it before God? I don't know. Maybe recycling. Make a commitment. You are going to make recycling? Make a commitment to God. Because if you don't do it, it will be only a theoretical thing. Think about that. What I'm saying is this. If I understand a principle, I don't know how long it's going to take that, but it will end up in a culture, family culture. If it doesn't finish as a family culture, you learn nothing. You understand? Because that culture is what is going to bless the nation, is what is going to produce children with a different mentality. It's not that I learn, I know the thing, but it's something that if you go to my house, you will find it there. It's, it's a whole process. And of course, it's going to bother me. It's going to take time. It's going to, I'm going to spend more money. But in the end, when I'm on the other side, I will see the world different and I won't go back. It has to work on me. Then you realize that when you sit through the window, this neighbor needs me to help him with his trash. And I don't know what it's going to take. Probably God is going to use that as a national movement of dealing with trash. Who knows? Because God is looking for someone who can believe him and is able to commit himself to believe him and to do. Because we human beings, we don't know truth. Truth is revealed. So never trust your, your, your own uh, common sense. Never trust it. Trust what the Bible says. It's like, like those pilots, you know? Don't trust your feelings. Trust the instruments. You know, that, that's true. So 
whatever you find as a truth here and it hits you and you know that something is not okay with this, work on that. It will bless you enormously and it will open your mind. So wash your mind. For instance, when we talk about creation is good, one of the things I like most is to give people something to read and one of them is the life of George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver is a very particular American hero in this thing. He was an enslaved man who, who had a passion for God and his passion was always leading him to the study of nature. And it's wonderful and it's the type of people that you don't understand easily and you say, it's incredible. And he said, I used to go to the forest, and in the middle of the forest, I, I found the presence of God and praise Him and pray. So most evangelicals found that in their temples. And I say, can you go to a forest and watching how creation is good, praise God? And for most of them is something new, and they say, never thought about that. Why, why don't you do it? Maybe the Lord is going to use that as a revealing thing for you. So then they read that. Did you like it? I did. Let's make a workshop. For instance, there was a lady in our organization that was in charge of buying the newspaper. And every new that had to be with a principal, she cut it out. And it's interesting to see what uh, you can find in the media about the principal. For instance, if you go to Bolivia, the president of Bolivia is destroying the whole Amazon jungle with fire. He did himself, but he always advocates for being an environmentalist. But that's false, you know. Okay, if you have all that information and people are convinced that the creation is good, they are dealing with trash, let's have a meeting and you share those news and maybe a video and say, let's make a discussion why the jungle is being destroyed. So they open their minds more and more because ideas have consequences. And you can see it everywhere. And next thing is, did you like all this? Yes. Now make a personal commitment. You live it out. Do something that can be a culture at home with your children. Because if you get a biblical worldview and you cannot transmit that to your children, means nothing because Christianity is based as a culture. Its transformation goes through generations. So we are going to work on this. And they make a commitment for his family or maybe for his church too and another one for his community. In this point, I loved Bob Moffitt's seed projects. Seed projects are wonderful in this, in this point. Because in the seed project, one of the things you need to say clearly is, what are God's intention? What does God want for humanity? What's his principle? What pleases him? Okay, this project is based on that. And then you make your seed project, whether it's a family seed project. But you have to end up making culture. And once you have that, then move to the next point. Don't teach this as this week we're going to see this principle, the other week we're going to see the other one. It won't work because people just will learn it intellectually and that's it. There are a lot of things to do with one of them and, and you can teach 
guide them first to discover the truth and then step by step go into practice. And if you have movies to watch or books to read to complement that, then you have more probabilities to make a discipleship process instead of just a traditional teaching. Thank you for listening. Here is a question you might want to ponder. Arturo says, you need to understand that with regard to worldview, there will always be a biblical principle pushing you to change. You will always be confronted by something in your family relations or in your personal life that needs to change. For you, right now, what is the biblical principle that is pushing you to change, that you need to fully embrace and live out? Thank you again for listening. In the next episode, Arturo goes into more depth about one of the big issues mentioned previously. This is the issue of Greek dualism or evangelical Gnosticism.